So, Ryan, tell me about yourself, buddy. Well, I like long walks on a beach and people complimenting the size of my... Friday, August the 4th, 2017, and you're listening to Just a Bit Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Reynolds, and this is my partner, Adrian Bertazoi Townsend. And you've come to the one place you can go to make sure you're still going absolutely nowhere. Yeah! Yeah! That was better than last week. Good job. <laughs> I thought so fucking hard about it. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't even know how you come up with those, because I just... Before recording, I tried to come up with something, and it failed miserably man i'm gonna be honest I, I kept telling you we we couldn't start because i couldn't remember what i came up with yeah. i still didn't i just told you to go ahead and start and then that one happened <laughs> once you started the best ones happen when i don't think about so you're an ad libber yeah cool don't, don't talk about how i lib uh, i <laughs> ad libbing is, is you, funny you live your own life okay i will live your own life <laughs> and you live yours every day <laughs> so what's new uh, you know, it's been two weeks and I have been a busy man. Busy little bee. Yeah. All right. Work well, and family. Not a whole lot of gaming time getting in. I, uh, I did pick up a few new games. Uh, Adrian's a graphic designer. He works in the magazines. <laughs> and web. Uh, yeah. Okay. And web. And, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, what did I get? So I picked up, uh. Paper Mario Color Splash for the Wii U. Really? really? And actually I I was thinking about Paper Mario yesterday from uh-huh. uh from N64 and was just thinking to myself yesterday what a great game that was and how it's a bummer they never had any follow-ups. Oh. Dude, you are uh out of the loop apparently. There's Remember, a, there's I, a ton of them. I live my own life. <laughs> so there's there's one on the GameCube. There's one on the Wii. There's one on the Wii U. There are several on the 3DS. Um, yeah, that that series definitely continued. Well, I guarantee I would have known about that if there was like a program that I could look it up on the <laughs> interweb. You mean Google? Yeah, 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 yeah. Specifically, <laughs> I mean, I mean Google. Had I had I Googled it. Instead of know. the riffraff I normally Google in my off time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the, one of the last uh, main titles I needed for my Wii U collection. And it went on sale at Best Buy, so I picked it up. Cool. Yeah, and it's it's fun. I played it a little bit. It's very kid-friendly. So I sat the kids down in the living room and turned it on, and they loved it. I had uh, Katie. She's, um, she's eight, and she reads... She's very into reading right now. Katie 80. Yeah. So she, uh, you're going to have to change your name when she turns nine. Katie. <laughs> I don't need to call her Katie 80 anyway. I've never called her that. That's a good, good point. Katie 80. She'll be like, Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> She'd love it. You know how old I am? Did you notice? <laughs> so we use that game. There's a lot of dialogue in that game and it's all, you know, text based dialogue. Sure. Sure. So she gets to read all of it to us as I scrolled through the dialogue and it was fun. So we got to do that. Um, 
And I got a couple other random games for uh, PS4. Uh, nothing too great. Uh, what did I get? Like Digimon game, which I picked that up because it, I got it on Prime Day for super cheap. Right. Okay. So you were, you mentioned, is it the Digimon Girls Next Door? What's that? Did Girls Next Door Digimon? Is that what it's called? No. <laughs> Digimon Girls Next Door? Yeah, Digimon Girls Next Door. <laughs> I want to see that. Is that what it's called? No. Oh, what's it called? Next Order. Next Order. Next Order. So it's, I've, I've been waiting for you to tell me about the Digimon thing because, uh, fat big, who is my son, uh, for those of you that haven't been listening, he's my two year old named Malone, who has codenamed himself fat big one chronicles of fat big chronicles of fat big. It's like an episodic thing. Every mm-hmm. time we're on here, we got to talk about fat big and his new shenanigans. Yeah. The kid is a force of nature. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's, all of them are all my, of them. my kids God. are that way. Oh man, they're they're nuts. Yeah, he he got mad at me in the car the other day. Uh, we were driving, and he started crying and kicking the back of my seat. Adam, like we were having a good time. Yeah, like singing, and it was just the two of us, like out and about, being dudes, having adventures, talking about playgrounds and dragons and the ghost in his closet. And uh, he got mad, like crying, real upset. And I was like, dude, what is wrong? And he starts telling me that he doesn't want to go home. He wants to go visit a friend. I was like, what friend? (laughs) And he goes, what's Adrian doing? And I said, I think he's at home. And he goes, is he coming over? I said, no. And he goes, I want to go visit Owen friend. How does he remember Owen? That was dude. My kid remembers everything. That is part of why I'm like absolutely just terrified of him. Wow. To my core. Honestly, he hasn't seen Owen in what? Probably a year. No, not that. Maybe eight months. Close to it. It's been a long yeah. time. My wow. wife was pretty pregnant the last time you guys came yeah, over. Yeah. Yeah. So Owen, if you guys obviously from context clues is Adrian's son, who's a little older than fat big. So he starts asking about Owen friend, wanting him to come over. So he's asked now about Adrian and Owen. And I was like, I, I think they're at home. We'll, we'll find another time to hang out with them. And then he goes, what about Nate pizza? That's my buddy, Nate. When Malone, like a year ago, Nate would come over every Tuesday. We'd have pizza, play video games. So Malone named him Nate Pizza. One of his first real phrases. That's cool. His name is still Nate Pizza. And I think you've met my friend Clint, maybe. No, I haven't. Uh, Shout out to Nate Pizza and Clint. Uh, Malone calls Clint Mawa. Okay. None of us fucking know why. (laughs) There's a reason there. So, you know, he knows. He knows why he calls him Mawa. But in this like little stretch, this little fit that he was pitching, he asked about Adrian, Owen friend, Nate Pizza, and Mawa. You're the only one that still has a normal fucking name. <laughs> so. He doesn't call me Podcast Adrian. <laughs> podcast Adrian. Spooky still at my house after dark when I get home half asleep, Adrian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, he, he did ask me if you've been poking toads. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You poke, you poke that toad. <laughs> I did. That's, I was trying to show him how to poke the toad. You know, we saw a toad outside when I got home that, that last time. <laughs> Cause he was ready to go to bed on you. Yeah. Okay. So it's after dark and my kid is half asleep and, uh, Adrian has a phone case exactly like mine. And he goes, my son goes, Hey Adrian, Adrian, is that your phone or daddy's phone? Adrian, is that your phone or daddy's phone? Adrian, is that your phone or daddy's phone? And Adrian's texting, and my son looks at me and goes, I guess I'll just go to bed. 
Dude, I must have totally zoned out. So Adrian perks up and goes, oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's my phone. And he goes, okay, let's go outside and take pictures of a toad. <laughs> wow. So we spent the next five minutes daring each other to poke a toad. That or I just don't understand his... Uh, his, uh, his version of two-year-old yet. jargon. Yeah. Yeah, usually you don't hear it unless you're equipped to hear it. Right, like if that's what you hear in the middle of the night when yeah, you wake up. exactly. <laughs> Have to find the voice standing at the foot of your bed. <laughs> so, Digimon. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon are the champions. Yeah, bomb, bomb, change into digital champions. So, okay. To save the digital world. <laughs> Oh. I only know that song because of recently. Like, I started watching it on Netflix. Which I didn't know it as a, as a kid. Dude, or when I was that show's the fucking jam. When I was a kid, Pokemon or Digimon, like, I watched both. I liked both. But Digimon uh, was my preference. Yeah. If you had to sit me down in front of one or the other, I would have always chosen Digimon. Uh, recently, Fat Big, once again, back to the Chronicles of Fat Big, uh, he got on Netflix, the pink one, as he calls it, and was scrolling through, and he found the like the clip, clip the thumbnail or whatever yeah. for, for Digimon mm-hmm. and uh, stopped on it and was like, I like those weird doggies. What are those weird doggies? And I was like, dude, I will fucking show you what those weird <laughs> doggies are. So we started watching Digimon and at first he was like, oh, it's scary. But then he was like, ah, I like it. It's still scary, but yeah. he likes it. It spooks him. Uh, so we've been watching Pokemon and Digimon side by side. And actually he seems to prefer Digimon as well. Digimon is, is, more complicated than Pokemon, though. It is way more complicated because, I, okay, I wasn't trying to like launch off into this, but here we go. <laughs> I like Pokemon, always have, always will, but where I feel Pokemon is inferior to Digimon uh-huh. is that, like, when Ash wakes up as a kid. He knows there are Pokemon in his world. Yeah. There are people catching and training Pokemon in his world. Right. He knows that he's going to wake up one day, be of age, go hook up some Pokeballs and go train, catch and train some Pokemon, become a master, plug them in his Pokedex. He knows that that is his life path. He knows that that is part of his culture, part of his existence. Right. Where in Digimon, it's a bunch of fucking kids that get sucked into the internet and meet all these fucking talking monsters that cause all this trouble. And it, I, I guess Digimon just has a greater sense of like mystery, a greater sense of discovery, in my opinion, that Pokemon didn't quite have. Pokemon is a bit repetitive episode to episode, which That's every true. every cartoon is. Right. It's, it's part of the shtick. That's how but they make it. Didn't mo- Digimon doesn't have an overarching storyline that it follows episode to episode, so it's not the same thing every time? Right. It, it's got a big, big storyline. Okay. And the fact that it's set in the internet is, uh, I think I was telling you earlier, uh, being that I came up so involved in the comic book culture, uh, I always dug the whole idea of a retcon where they go back and kind of just like erase and start from scratch mm-hmm. and give that new generation of readers a new story. Digimon did that on a smaller scale because okay. they're set in the internet. So data can be destroyed and created in that show, in that setting where if a story arc doesn't quite make sense, they can figure out how to scrub that restart at point D and kind of re arc it. They didn't do it in like a heavy matter where it would like really be noticeable. But as a kid, as the very critical analytical kid that I was, that was something I always noticed was that 
that show lent itself to a greater creative, I, I guess, like field and propriety than shows like Pokemon did. Right. Because they they were creating a, an entirely new concept, really. Like a lot of people accused it of ripping off of Pokemon, which maybe it's it did. It's a totally different show to me. I mean, really, if it ripped off anything, it was fucking Tamagotchis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Yeah. It's the only similarity is Mon in the name. Yeah. Really? Because I don't remember him going out in Digimon. I don't remember any of the characters going out and trying to catch Digimon. Don't quote me though. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't, I've never got into the show, but it's, did they, did he go out and try to catch Pokemon? I mean, Digimon? It's like each, like where, where in Pokemon, you've got a trainer who has all the, the Pokeballs and goes out and catches the Pokemon right. and logs him and like collects them. Right. And Digimon, each character, like each kid has, has their, their own. own. Yeah. Like and one. It's and like, raise it, it's one. like a, like a fucking data chip, like a, like a thumb drive basically. Okay. That has the data for this one Digimon that they raise from almost like a, a post pupil state. You know, okay. That makes sense now because we've got to start it on Digimon. I picked up Digimon World Next Order on Prime Day. Knowing nothing really about it, I just... Digimon Girls Next Door. Girl, yes, it. Digimon Girls Next Door, which may have been a better or more interesting game. I don't know, but it's... It's the internet, dude. <laughs> it's... Uh, I, I bought it because it was cheap, and I was halfway interested in it. And so, yeah, I, I picked it up and started playing it, and you start the game, like you said, being sucked into this digital world, and you have these two Digimon who come to you and you are their master or whatever, which was kind of weird. It was like just randomly you're their master and they, they have to fight this monster and they ended up getting defeated. So then after they get defeated, you wake up into this digital farm and you get to pick from a group of different eggs and you get to have two. So I picked two different eggs and there were these just little Digimon, I guess no real characteristics about them or anything. But you you train them and you feed them and you take them to the toilet to go take a shit. Apparently, it's weird. Like it's they'll, they'll start having like icons on their head saying they're hungry, or you'll have a little poop icon above their head, which means you better get them to the damn potty or they're gonna jump around making noises until you do. That's exactly the same thing that happens with my son right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about this game. I'm having to babysit these damn Digimon. And I don't I'm pooping. Really to. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm not super into it. But yet, I guess I am because I keep coming back to it. I bet you I probably got about three hours into this game already. It's hard. You take them out after you train them, they evolve. Well, so yeah, yeah. I'll train them they, for a while. They digivolve. They digivolve. Digivolve. I have now digivolved my two Digimon like three times, and I keep taking them out. And you fancy piece of shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> you're a digivolve a motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know why I keep playing it. It's it's. I'm not super interested in it yet. I still want to keep playing it. So I'll take them out to the field to fight monsters and you don't really give them direct commands. They kind of fight on their own and then you just encourage them by pressing X. You can tell them to do other things, but you don't really have to. So, so I just, it's not dissimilar to like, like a, like a Michael Vick RPG. 
<laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I mean, that you're, was kind of like you're kind of like, <laughs> like you're dogfighting these Digimon, but they want to, and they talk, and they communicate with you, and they tell you what they want. They tell you when they need to go to the bathroom, and you better have a porta pot on you while you're out in the field. A porta pot. Yeah, you can have like little goose shaped porta pots or something. It's really weird, man. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting into this area where these monsters were kicking my ass. Now I'm kicking their ass, and I went to the next area and. Here I am again getting my ass kicked. So I got to go back. Most of that game is spent training them. And what training is, you put them in, the, you go into this room and you go up to this computer screen. And you select what you want to train. You push the button and then it has this little uh, slot machine type thing. And you push the button at the right time to get an extra bonus or not. And they get trained and then they, their stats go up. Most of my time in that game has been spent doing that. It's, it's kind of just, in theory, it's boring and not very interesting, but... Or I keep going back to it. It feels like it would it would be an effective like mobile game. Yeah, I think it would actually. Uh, other than the field movement, that would kind of suck. You know, just just based strictly on the concepts and the cultures behind like Pokemon and Digimon as as like cultural forces. Yeah, it blows my damn mind that nobody has put out a true. And I know I'm I'm getting back on it. A true like open world sandbox style, just like exploration based Pokemon or Digimon game. The closest we've gotten is Pokemon Go. Digimon, I think, could lend itself well to that. Digimon could like fuck that genre yeah. up. Pokemon like, won't happen real. because Nintendo, but Digimon could happen. Well, Although I, I say that, but they did make an open world Zelda. They just made Breath of the Wild. Yeah. They're about to port Skyrim. Or maybe somebody just needs to take Breath of the Wild or Skyrim and mod it to Pokemon <laughs> or Digimon. Instead of spirit orbs, you're picking up fucking Charizards. No, I, I'm 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 totally with you. I think a fully 3D. Like, is it not it, it, open world? When you Pokemon think about it, it's fun. a little crazy that it hasn't happened yet. It, it's it seems to be like the 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 most effective use of that of that theme of that yeah it that makes intellectual sense. property. It, it seems like sense. it seems like those. Those concepts were created to grow into I mean, you these games now. You basically do that in a Pokemon game, except for it's it's linear, but you're traveling this whole damn world. Right, and my point continent. is non-linear. I'm talking a map like Breath of the Wild or Skyrim, and you're a Pokemon trainer uh-huh. or a kid, like a, a kid, a Japanese and school go, kid yeah. that got sucked into the fucking internet. <laughs> and you've got to navigate the perils of this open world around you. But what limits you is the stronger Pokemon. So, exactly. Like in Zelda, like there's an area where there's stronger enemies. I'm not going to go you, there yet. You stay away from there yeah. because you you don't have that. And then you mm-hmm. you you know you find towns and you make alliances and you make enemies and you upgrade your gear. So so, what you're telling me is Nintendo needs to get on the ball and uh, or Game Freak or whoever it is that makes those Pokemon games and make it happen or Digimon for that matter. I, I think a Digimon game like that would be cool. This one is pretty yeah, liminar dude. or linear liminar liminar. It's pretty liminar. Pretty liminar. <laughs> like, you know, you know who I think could could probably like just smash that, like creating a game like that. I first one that comes to mind is Naughty Dog. Well, I think they haven't really not made an open world game yet, as far as I'm aware. The closest they've come was like Jack Two or Jack Three. I haven't played those. I think. I mean, I'm 
I, I'm sure they've. I mean, they're, they're, what? What? Who's the studio that does that's that's about to put out uh, Beyond Good and Evil? Who did that? Who's that? Ubisoft. Is it Ubisoft? I mean, Ubisoft would kill it. Uh, Square Enix, if they got involved, they could probably. You're right. Ubisoft could do that. I would say but, that I would I would vote for Bethesda because I have an eternal Bethesda. You have a love for Bethesda, but I stylistically speaking. I don't. I don't know if if they would uh, bring back their realism, like you know what I mean. Like, That's what I'm thinking. They I feel like they've to got the, the engine and creativity for it, but I don't feel like their talents would be best spent in an arena like that. They need to use the Breath of the Wild team to make a open world Zelda team. That's what I think. Yeah. Because it's in a cartoony world that's still appealing and there's still a ton of shit to do. Right. And you can still get sucked into it on a realistic level. Yeah. Man, an open world Pokemon game on the Switch would be amazing. Do you realize how much fucking money we can make if people would just pay us to think of shit? Just think of games, not yeah. make them. Like if I, I could work, the hardest part is making them. If I could work, why they haven't been if made I could yet. work forty hours a week just telling people what would be a good thing to do, <laughs> I'd man, I'd be set. I'd be set. I wouldn't have to do anything else in my life. But the thing is, I know that idea has been brought up and somebody always shoots it down. Otherwise, it would have happened Which right is now. Which fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Or maybe maybe someone's like hiding back, like just waiting for the yeah. right moment. And you know what? If you're listening, you person, you naysayer, you dirty, <laughs> you dirty little no-no monster, you goblin of the depths of gaming, now is the time. Do it. Get it together. Do it. Okay, so we're uh, talking about changing the format of the show ever so slightly. Nothing, nothing too bad. But uh, we we, we want to get on to be a five mat. Yes, we uh, we're talking about doing uh, discussion topics every 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 show. Um, we've generated a kind of a list, and this week we're going to do two because we actually had a listener submission this time. Uh, but the first one we're going to do is last week I was playing. PUBG with a friend of mine, <laughs> with a couple friends of mine on the on the computer, and we were talking, and he mentioned to me that I am the biggest non gamer gamer he knows. I think I think the words he used were non playingest gamer, non playingest gamer he knows, and the reason he says that is you know we I convinced him to get PUBG so we can play. Well, I kind of only play one day a week because my week is is full and I don't I I don't have a lot of time in the evenings to play, but Friday nights game on. I'm ready to play. I don't have to go to work the next day, and usually when we play, we're up till 2 o'clock in the morning or later. And so I limit my PUBG time to that day, and so he was just like he's he's got the free time to want to play and he's like, "What time do you get up on Saturdays?" Oh, probably my slip schedule doesn't really change on Saturdays. I get 10 o'clock at the latest. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we, we were getting ready to play and he's like, why don't you guys play during the week? And I was like, well, dude, I got, I got to go to work in the morning and you know, my kids take up my whole day and it's kind of hard to get on there. He's like, you know, for as much gamer as you are and all the games that you have and as knowledgeable about games you are, you really are, rarely play them. I was like, that kind of seems that way, you know, and I, I do I do play games daily. I will say every night before I go to bed, I will pop open my 3DS or my switch and I'll, or my Vita and I will play that. 
<laughs> I just named three different consoles, you know, dude. Right. That's, I, I do do that every night, but that's really the only time I have to play besides well, the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I wanted to talk about that. What what's your feeling on on that? Do you have that same issue that I have? Man, I am so inconsistent with gaming. I mean, you've you've called me out about this, about my inconsistency. Like when we worked together, you know, several years ago at Fast Signs. Right. You would mention to me that, you know, when you went to bed at 11 o'clock the night before, I was playing Skyrim. And when you got up and checked your PlayStation at 6 a.m. before work, I was already up playing Skyrim. Yeah. I'm not fucking kidding. I'd be up till 11 or midnight playing and then be up at four or five, make a pot of coffee and start playing again before work. Yeah. That's the most obsessed I've been with a game. I, <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned that yet. It's the most I've been obsessed with a game. When you can get up in the time. morning before work and play a game, that's, that's pretty obsession, committed. Dude. Yeah. yeah. And I did that for months. That I was playing, playing at night, but at the time, you know, my, my son couldn't even walk yet. He was still a baby baby. So, you know, he like, he fucking wakes up long enough to like smile at dumb shit and eat, uh, get a fresh diaper and go back to sleep. You know, (laughs) like he was living his own shit, you know, living his own life. He was living his own life. (laughs) <laughs> bring it back live your life people <laughs> so uh that's another t-shirt idea <laughs> live your life <laughs> so i was i was obsessed with that game and i played it so much but then i'll go weeks or months like barely playing mm-hmm. you know I, I so i get it like when overwatch came out there was a few weeks where i played it every night but is that is that because you are you don't have enough time to play or your interests just go different places? It's, it's both okay it is both uh you you know well enough uh i only have so much attention span <laughs> it's a dangerous thing to be between my ears <laughs> so i i mean a game like Skyrim, I the only reason I stopped playing Skyrim was because I sold my PS3 and all my games to get a PS4. Mm, yeah. I've since replenished your PS3. Yes, you have. I haven't put a new hard drive in it yet. So oh, I haven't yeah, I haven't I played about it yet. That. Haven't played it yet. Oh. I found a PS3 hard drive at a, It's kind of useless now at this point if you're going to get it on the Switch. Right. Now at this point I'm just going to Well, I'll probably still put a new hard drive in the in the 3 because I still have a few games laying around that I'd like to play again. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't mind popping Skyrim in and playing it there. Uh, you still have your saved game and everything. Well, no, it would be gone. No, it's gone. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind starting over and eco. I've got eco and shadow of the Colossus still hanging around on there and a couple other things yeah. that I wouldn't mind playing again. Uh, but my interest never waned as soon as I either, put that PS3 back together or buy a digital version on PS4 or wait for the switch port to come out. As soon as I have Skyrim in my hands again, I guarantee it's going to be back to that. Yeah. I guarantee I'll be as in it as I ever was. 
But the only difference now is I've got a toddler who can like come fuck with me. <laughs> and he will. Like when I'm playing a game, when I'm into a game, it starts with him crawling in my lap like, I want to watch what you're doing. And then he starts poking shit and then grabbing shit. Yep. And then he's got my shit and he's pushing me saying, leave me alone. I'm doing something. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me when I brought over the switch for Ryan to play after the podcast uh, a few episodes ago. That was episode two, I think. Yeah. Um, we had Mario Kart going and I was letting Ryan, you know, play it. Well, Fat Big decided he wanted to push the screen. We <laughs> <He> finally got it. <laughs> Fat Big wanted to push the screen every two seconds and mess up the game. Ryan was constantly, don't push it. Don't, don't touch the screen. Don't, don't, don't touch the screen. <laughs> don't touch it, baby boy. <laughs> so now, now that I've got my own switch, whenever he watches me play, he goes, oh, like Adrian and fucking touches it. <laughs> He's got rogue ass fingers, dude. <laughs> he does. It's like he wakes up in the morning and goes, "All right, there's eleven of us here. <laughs> Who's ready to fuck some shit up?" And they're all like, <laughs> "For those of you that are just listening, spirit fingers, AF fingers, fam. yeah." He's <laughs> the eleventh finger is the spirit fingers. <laughs> yeah, my son is the spirit of the eleventh finger. <laughs> Isn't there a rock band called Finger Eleven? Yeah. What songs do they sing? Oh, I don't remember. Probably bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, my my attention goes away on some, and for the, largely, it's because I don't have time. Right. Like, I'll sit down, and I'll want to plug in and play a game. Yeah. And I've mentioned it before, Netflix. Netflix is the biggest reason I don't play video games more often. So for me, it's, you know, I got a wondering mind with you as well. And I feel like I constantly need to do something. Yeah. So, yeah. and I feel like, I feel like I, uh, there's something other uh, productive that I need to be doing, you know? Um, and I can't fight that feeling. It's really hard for me, but I always want to sit down and play. But when I play, I, I need to be in it. And I know I've said this before on the show, but I can't just pop down and play a game and not just, you know, not pay attention to what I'm doing. If, I, if I'm going to play a game, I need to be paying attention and fully invested in what I'm doing. So it's hard for me to manage that time, especially with online games. When I'm playing with my buddies online, it's. When I get in it, I'm in it. I got my headphones on, nothing else in the house. I, you know, I have to be turned off in order to be focused on what I'm doing. And it's, it makes it hard for me to set aside that time to do that. Cause yeah, I get my that. kids, I put my kids to bed at, at nine. They don't usually fall asleep till 11. You know, they're right. They're right. up and you know, they're messing with me the whole time and I can't get into it. Or, you know, uh, maybe my wife wants to spend some time with me, which a wife would want to spend time with her husband. That's understandable. You'd think so. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if she wants to do that, then, you know, then I got to give her the time of the day, you know, and, and whenever I'm playing a game, I, you know, I don't see her all day. I'm at work all day. So when I get home, she's going to want to talk to me and tell me about things that well, she's been right. thinking about. And then, I mean, you could, you could play a game or you could watch Netflix, yeah. but you know, you married her for a reason. Exactly. So spending a few minutes alone with her is, generally a treat right <laughs> exactly so even if so, it's just silent just like hey you're an adult it, it's i'm it's, an adult let's just fucking sit still and be adults for a minute yeah, we, there's always so much <laughs> no tiny hands or voices <laughs> so I, it, it's almost like i wish i could set aside a few hours out of the day where time just stops and only thing that can do i can do is play video games or play video games with my friends online 
And then once that two hours is done, okay, I can be back in, you know, because it's not unlike me to be talking to playing an online game and be talking to my friends and talking to my wife at the same time. Cause she'll be trying to talk to me and then they'll be trying to talk to me. And then it just gets lost. And it's people are saying, what are you talking to me? No, no, no. Was, <laughs> it's just, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Well, yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, and honestly, well, I say I get that. I, I don't, I don't get immersed like that in video games. Though. Oh, I do. No, I mean, I, yeah. I, I love video games. I dig them. Always have always loved them, but it's kind of like what we were talking about with, with like the scary games. Yeah. Cause I don't have the capacity to like immerse myself into a spooky game or movie enough to get spooked. I can play a video game with all the distractions in the world around me, because even if I'm by myself with my headset on and talking to you, or talking That's to another whomever. thing. We've I, only played one game together online. Fucking Broforce, dude. Yeah, that was And it. we only played twice, and that's a shame. It is. It's we hard should to, play Broforce more. It was fun. I, I it it was We should play hard, it. though. We got in the level that was really, really hard. Yeah, we should play it again because we're better men now. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I just... I'm still completely sucked into the world of gaming... I still love the art. I still love the concept. I love the stories. I love the everything about gaming. I still love it. Just because I can't devote that much time to it, mm-hmm. that part of my brain still loves it, and I still try to engulf. Or yeah, yeah, I myself get, I with get it. that. Yeah. Hence the reason I'm a collector. Hence the reason I keep up with current news. Hence the reason I can't not get that best deal for a game that I've been wanting to play, even though I may only put a couple hours into it and probably never touch it again. It's a driving force. It's for the me. it's the fact of it being there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, gaming is a. I always I always like to think that later on in the future I will go back and play those games, even though I probably won't. It's still Don't I like mind. to have them there for that time when I think that you know what I really want to pop in this copy of uh, you know. Chrono Trigger or something, you know, Chrono Trigger right. is a game that I've never beaten, but always want to beat. I still pop it in from time to time and just continue on a little well, bit then, further. I mean, really, all of that puts the non playing gamer thing into a true perspective because, you know, I always played video games. I, I love video games. I, I run a fucking podcast about video games, <laughs> but exactly my whole life I've written songs. Yeah. And I've painted pictures, done illustrations. You know, you're a graphic designer. We've we've got our art forms. Just because, and we're we're both committed to our art forms. Uh And we're both very practiced, very versed, and very much in love with the fact that we'll keep this art form for the rest of our lives. We'll always have that with us. But that doesn't mean we do it. Well, you you do graphic design seven days Mm -hmm. a week. But the artistic, creative end of those things... The part, it's that, it's a, it's the, part that, the part that sucks you in, you may not get sucked in and spend time with those things seven days a week. You may not jump on all the time. Painting, it's one of my greatest loves in life. Yeah, and too. I only I only produce a painting once every year or two. Yep. Because it's something you can't force. If you get that emotionally and mentally immersed yeah. in video game play and video game culture then maybe it's a matter of, you know, you're, you're, you're there for the truth of it. You are so truly keyed into that culture and that emotion and that, that it truly makes you that, happy. that drive yeah. that 
you know, I don't, I don't sit down and watch a full movie very often because that is one of the mediums that I get unequivocally, unequivocally sucked into. Mm-hmm. If I, if I find a good movie and I sit in front of it, best of luck trying to talk to me, best of luck trying to get through to me. So I don't sit down and queue up and watch a movie as a concentrated effort very often. Yeah. And so it's one of those passions. It's one of those things that you key into. So maybe that's, that's the point of it is you don't have to be the playingest gamer ever to, to enjoy the, the, to, to enjoy the medium. Right. Quality over quantity, I guess is what I'm driving at. I, I also think that we're very, we're both very visually driven people. Creative, visually driven people. Yeah, dude, my shit gets distracted. Yeah, I mean, in general, like, I look at games as kind of a creative medium that inspires me. And it also also keeps those creative, those visually creative juices flowing in me. And I think that's why I'm so drawn to it. It's like, it's a a creative medium that I think is most appealing to me and, 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 I'd like to say has an influence on me yeah. in my day-to-day work, you know, as a designer. And on a personal level, I much prefer you when your juices are flowing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good uh, topic of discussion. We're going to end it there with... Uh, <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Just a Big Gaming Podcast. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) That was so fucking good. Wanted to throw you off. Damn, that was good. You did. You very well did. Uh, Thank you guys for rejoining us after the break. Uh, We already had a first half, so you're late. Thanks for being here, but also fuck you kind of. For coming in late? For coming no, in late. I'm not gonna. I mean, who's going to queue up at the second half, though? Do I need to stop coming down on the people that are just listening to the second half? Nobody does that. Nobody does that, right? No. Nobody, Maybe just you. Nobody, like, pulls up a podcast. So you saying like, fuck you to you. Hmm, yeah, fuck me to me. Everybody addresses their own their own demons. That's how the Mona Lisa happened. <laughs> she wasn't real. It was a self-portrait. I hope you're wearing both earbuds to listen to that whisper. Ooh la la. Now I'm inside you. <laughs> I just wanted to throw you, you went off too a far. Bit. You went too far. <laughs> well, too deep on that one. <laughs> Bring it back, Ron. Bring it back. You All right. <laughs> so, hey, you want <laughs> you want to talk about beer? <laughs> it is International Beer Day. Hey guys, it's International Beer Day. Can we can we queue up a International Beer Day animation there? Uh, I'm not gonna make one. If I can find one, I'll, sure. I'll make something. Okay. It won't be an animation, but I'll make something. And then we go, ah! International Beer Day! All right, so that's where we got to put up the banner. I'll make one. It won't be a, a, a great fairy with Willem Dafoe's face. It won't be anything that good, but... Come up with something. I'll come up with something. So it's International Beer Day, which means uh, today, internationally, beer. Beer. Yeah, and sentence fragments. <laughs> and... <laughs> We're not drinking an IPA today. Holy shit. I, dude, we, we've had enough IPAs and talking about bitterness of beers that I thought it was time for a change. You know what? I was actually talking to a friend of mine today. Uh, shout out to <clears throat> Ghost Eugene. 
I'm going to call you by your gamer tag uh, and not spell it out because I'm not sure how he is on privacy. I, I don't know if he would want me to call him out by name. Don't, yeah, know, don't yeah. know him that well yet. Yeah. But he specifically called out today uh, to when he and I were talking that we frequent the IPA scene. We do. We do. And that's my fault. I'm sorry. Well, you're just a lot pickier about beers than yeah. I am. Yeah. I just, I just want to put them deep inside of me. Like I'm most of them. Most of them. I just, I want them to circle up around me and pour all over my face. Oh, I don't want to go that far with it. Yeah, I do. Okay. It's like beer cocky. <laughs> you know what, what bukkake is? Uh, Google it. We talked about Google. Google bukkake on private. I know the word. I don't know what it means though. And I don't think I want to know. It's not appropriate to talk about here. Yeah. Okay. A lot of kids listening to this show. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of stoked. We're not fucking with an IPA tonight. I, I love IPAs, but I'm yeah. a little burnt. Yeah. Fair. Fair. And I mean, there's only so much that you can say about the next IPA. Right. Well, this one also tastes like the last one. did. <laughs> it's very hoppy. My mouth still feels like cardboard, so let's give this shit a go. <laughs> so, so tonight, yeah. us in. what are we trying? I got this one. Um, this comes from my home school town of uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. What? What? Shout out Stillwater. Yeah. Uh, go Sooners. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a, it's a new brewery in Stillwater. It's been around a couple years, I think, um, called Iron Monk. And they put out a beer, a milk stout, that is amazing. This place was introduced to me by my brother. I, I graduated from, from Oklahoma State University back in 2009. So I haven't been back there really since. I go to the football games and stuff, but my brother is going to school there currently. And he was telling me about this brewery, and he said, you need to try it out. I was like, okay. So we went there and tried it out and uh, got a sampler. And, dude, their beer is really fantastic. Really, really, really good stuff. So uh, the iron – or the uh, – not the iron. The uh, the milk stout is hands down one of my favorite beers that they, they put out. And uh, yeah, dude. so I wanted to bring it by and let you try it. Little did I know that you've already had it. Man, I, I'm a longtime Iron Monk fan. Uh, Iron Monk in general, as a brewery, they they just they put out a solid lineup. They yeah, do. They really do. And honestly, I I'm I see a trend of us picking out breweries that I'm like, yeah, dude, I fucking love that brewery. They put out good yeah. shit. I there's a lot of good breweries that I I like the lineups and, and local breweries. Local Oklahoma. Oklahoma City Dude. and surrounding areas like yeah. Oklahoma has a strong fucking brewing scene. And it didn't used to be that way. It's this is kind of a new thing. It's it's I'd say what past eight years. It's yeah. really fucking developed. Yeah, it's it's like, grown really got moving. And I mean, you've got you've got local spots like micro pubs like the Bricktown Brewery and Belle Isle Brewery spots yeah. like that that I feel like kind of uh, carried the banner in in the. Coop. development phase of these and then guys like Coop started their own offshoots and their own you know it started with like small batch brewing yeah you know just trying to get it into people's hands and now we've got these guys at Coop and and Mustang and Boulevard and guys like Iron Monk and Rough Tail Rough Tail all these all these Oklahoma breweries and 
Anaheim or Anthem. Anthem. I said Anthem. Anthem. Oh, Anthem. God. Anthem, Anthem makes a damn good beer. Damn. Their IPA, if we're going to rewind IPAs, shit, dude. You know, Prairie. I, Prairie, dude. Have you? There, there are so many great local breweries around here. Right. I, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to, let's do a series on Oklahoma breweries. I thought you were going to say fuck the podcast and start a brewery. <laughs> I would love to do that. If I had the knowledge of beer and brewing, I would totally be into doing that. I just beer need you is, to design the labels. Craft beer drinking is like kind of a passion of mine. Yeah, like, uh, yeah dude. It's it's one of those things that I love and I tr- don't study too much on it, but I totally would have given the opportunity. Well, yeah. I mean, we both play games and we both drink beer. Yeah. You can explain the games. I can explain the beers. That's right. Exactly. So, yeah. so, uh. If you if we just ran headfirst into each other and morphed into one single body, we'd be the most awesome lazy bitch that ever <laughs> that ever fucking existed. <laughs> Damn straight. Our name would just be Bring Me Another. <laughs> but Iron Monk, man, they this is a good beer. I one hundred percent recommend it. I would um, like to try another one of theirs. I, I've tried a few of theirs, and I, I have not been disappointed yet. But this milk stout, though, the milk stout is super. It's a full flavored, dark, uh, you know, stout beer. I'm not descriptive enough, Ryan. Tell us about this beer, won't you? All right, so. It's a very malt-heavy beer. Yeah. That's what gives it the smooth sweetness. It it hardly has any hop value at all. Right. That that smooth sweetness comes from the the roast, uh, the, the malts and the grains and barleys involved in creating this. And I may be overloading the ingredient mix. Um, it's like they're, the- they're, they're malted and roasted in almost a, a coffee styling. Yeah, to give I was going to say, if coffee were a beer... This would be it. To give it that sweet bitterness. Mm-hmm. Not not like hop, like nature, like heavy stabbing bitterness. It's a sweet, smooth bitterness. Um, it lends itself very well. A lot of these, these stouts and milk stouts and like these heavy body dark beers lend themselves well to dessert beers, yeah. uh, technically speaking. Because, yeah. I mean, you could drink one of these before a meal and be a little bit full – Still get through your meal, or you could just have your meal and then throw one of these down after. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect fucking punctuation. You're it's, right. You're right. It's it, it's right up there with any pie or ice cream to drink something like a like a cold milk stout. These these generally they're they're fantastic out of a can, fantastic in a glass. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's an experience getting them off of tap. Tap, yeah. Get, I was to get say. a draft of one of these, and that's because. Uh, generally a draft system in a bar is going to be kept at a pretty consistent 38 degrees. And that's going to be the same for dark beers, light beers, imports, domestics, because at 38 degrees, you have like a perfect threshold for holding the carbonation that was put into any given beer. Okay. And so at 38 degrees, you have your insulated lines pulling it straight through uh, metallic, you know, draft heads, it's it just it it tastes different. It tastes fresher. It ta- it's there. There is a beauty to drinking a beer like this. I'm like I'm salivating thinking about it. <laughs> whenever whenever I the last the last bar that I was running, uh, shout out to S and B Burger Joint 
I guess running is a, the last bar I was managing at, a okay. bar and restaurant. Uh, we had Iron Monk Milk Stout on tap for a while. Oh, okay. And I, I liked whenever I was behind the bar. I only worked behind the bar a few shifts a week. Mm-hmm. But when I was back there, I liked to create a drink cocktail shake of the week. Mm-hmm. Get your pen and paper, kids. <laughs> if you have a milkshake machine at your house... Ooh, I know where you're going with this. Go buy Iron Monk Milk Stout. Put basically six to seven ounces of ice cream in your shake tin. Pour your milk stout very carefully in there. Because if you pour it too fast, it'll turn into fuzz. Mm-hmm. Like, like not, not foam, but fuzz that you got to scoop out. And you don't want to waste that much of it. Pour right. it in carefully. Maybe even pour it in before the ice cream. Okay. Uh, like an ounce and a half of caramel sauce, Ooh. A, just a sprinkle of sea salt, man, dude, why didn't we do this? I'm not kidding. Do you blend, have that stuff? I don't have that stuff. Oh, so that fantastic. you blend it up all that together, throw it in a glass with some whipped cream and a little bit of hot fudge, caramel, like Crosshatch drizzle and a quick little salt bay uh, sea salt sprinkle on top. Shit is phenomenal. That will be one of the best milkshakes you've ever. We should just have what milkshake like milkshake of the week segments because I I get you hand me a beer. I can probably make a milkshake out of it. That should be a different podcast. Dude, I never thought about putting it. But honestly, this has like the the texture i guess or the, i don't want to say the flavor of like a root beer float type of thing no it's it's got that that, that thickness that heavy thick sweet yeah bitter sentiment it is, of a good cup of coffee it's super super like a, good a on sweetened its own. Yeah. cup of coffee but you blend that up with some ice cream caramel and sea salt yeah that is that is a milkshake you will not put down. <laughs> to anyone who actually does that, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> it's, here for uh, you, kids. I'm here for you. So I, I think this is a fantastic way to celebrate International Beer International Day. Beer Day, homie. I even wore my local beer t-shirt from a local brewery, Bricktown Brewery. I'm also wearing one of Ryan's beer shirts. From North Coast Brewing. North Coast. Uh, no most, Iron Monk. I should have brought my Iron Monk glass. I have an Iron Monk glass. I could have poured this into. I have an Iron Monk tap handle hanging out somewhere around here. Do you? We should have set it on the table. I have so much beer memorabilia. We should have decorated. Yeah. Iron Monk. Shout out to you guys. Shout out Iron Monk. You guys make a fantastic beer. We're glad you're around. Yes. Thank sure. you. Thank you for this. It's a it's it's a real treat. And football season is coming up very soon, so expect to see me in the brewery there. Whoa! That's right. All right. So um, we're gonna jump on to uh, pistols firing. What Ryan doesn't know. No, 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 no. I was more leaning towards the uh, OSU when they score touchdown. Cowboys, pistols firing, touchdown, Oklahoma I, State. I don't know much about volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for what Ryan doesn't know segment, we are doing... We're changing it up, folks. We are doing a different, um, I guess, format for this. 
this is instead of letting Ryan kind of tell us the story of the game, and I'm going to tell the story. You mean meander for 15 fucking minutes. <laughs> we thought that, uh, we'd cut this down a little bit to me asking you a series of questions based upon what I know of the game and see how right you can get, or if it deserves a sequel based upon your, your answers. So this change in format, uh, was suggested by the friend that I was talking about earlier, Mr. Ghost Eugene. And I think uh, it's a great suggestion. He should Thank have a theme you. song. Ghost Eugene, the lady man. <laughs> um, nah, we've, yeah, we, we, we take show, show suggestions. We want to evolve the show into something that's entertaining for all, you know, not, We're not doing unlike, this just for, for our entertainment. Yeah. So. Like, like Digimon. <laughs> yes. Like Digimon. I want it. I want to evolve it. Digivolve it. Digivolve. Digimon. Okay. So the game that I chose this week is a game that it was probably my first purchase I made with birthday money that I got as a kid. The first time I went to Toys R Us and was able to walk around and choose a game that I was going to buy with my own money. And I bought this game. I, I went to the store to buy Ninja Turtles arcade game for the NES. I didn't end up buying that game because... I was a, I at that young age I was able to figure out that I could get two other games for the same price as the one game that I wanted. So obviously I wanted two games more than the one game. So I chose two games based solely on the box art and the back cover of the box. And one of the games that I chose still remains one of my favorite games to this day. And that is Little Nemo Dream Master, the Dream Master for the NES. So um, I've got the box art pulled up here. Um, Ryan has told me he is semi-familiar with it, the name more so than the gameplay. So I think this would be okay to still ask you questions about and see if you can answer them for me. Um, so on to the question list. Number one, who is Nemo? He is a small orange fish with one little bitty fin. That's not true at all. Have you ever watched Finding Nemo? <laughs> oh, man. You went away. I have kids and I didn't catch that. I rolled up on you, bitch. <laughs> okay. All right, Based so upon this box Nemo. art, who is Nemo? Nemo is a little boy who is sleepy. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what I got. Okay. I, I, get, I, I think the rules where I get one sentence per question. Is that what it is? That's it. Okay. Question number two. What is Nemo's mission? All right. He is on a bed with what appears to be his ally cat. His mission is to take the fragments of his dreams involving trees and alligators and caterpillars and shit and put his dreams out of the realm of nightmares. Okay. What is the gameplay like? Side-scrolling roguelike. How do you defeat enemies? Wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. (laughs) I think we're breaching closer to me just talking about the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Besides waking up, how does he defeat the, the enemies within his dream? Uh, he, his, oh God, pass. (laughs) 
Should I answer these questions as we as we roll on to them? Like, let you have your answer, and then I'll I'll, I'll tell you what actually happened. Uh, sure, sure. Okay, so so I'm gonna go back a, a question or two. Uh, his mission, Nemo. Nemo is a kid who. So he was just a sleepy boy. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was he was sleep in bed, and he was awoken by a girl, a princess of Dreamland called Camille, who wants him to play with her in her dream world. So he goes there and plays with her and um, the king gets kidnapped by the nightmare king or something. I don't remember exactly what his name is, but um, Nemo is on a mission to rescue the king of dreamland from the nightmare king. Um, So that's his mission. The gameplay is a side scroller and uh, you're just going level to level until you beat the game. Okay. And how do you defeat enemies? You really, you really don't as Nemo. You throw candy at the enemies. And when you throw the candy, he just lobs them up in the air and they go up and down. And they only stun the enemies. They don't kill the enemies. So uh, there are also animals in the game besides the snails and stuff and alligators in the trees and everything that you see here. The cat is... N- I don't remember the cat from the game at all. Um, so that motherfucker's just hanging he's out. He's just there. He just, he just got box art. <laughs> so... So you throw candy at uh, certain uh, what you think might be enemies, but they're just random animals that will allow you to either turn into them or ride on them. So, for instance, you got a gorilla. You throw three pieces of candy at that bitch and you're riding him and he can punch. That's how you defeat enemies, I guess. When he's a gorilla, he can punch him and kill him. Uh, you can throw them at a uh, like a lizard, and the lizard can climb up walls. Each each animal has a different ability. There's a bee. And the bee can fly, and he shoots little thing, stingers out of his stinger area. Fun fact, if you throw enough candy at Adrian, he will let you ride him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying no. <laughs> um you, Halloween's is popular time of year for him. <laughs> There's a mole character that can dig underground and, and yeah, tell I, your secrets. <laughs> There's, it's it's cool. Um, anyway, next question. I already answered this question for you. I'm sorry. Who is the main antagonist? Sleep. <laughs> Nightmares. You're right. Nightmares and right. sleep will be the main antagonist because without sleep, I'm just you wouldn't have from, the Nightmare King. I'm just speaking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, how do you progress to the next level? Uh, wake up, get a drink of water, and go back to sleep. Um, no. Throw a lot of candy. Yes, but what Not else? Make everybody go to sleep. There's a certain thing you got to do to def- beat the level and go to the next. Within the dream world. Wet the bed. No. Okay, so <laughs> what you have to do is you you collect a series of six keys that open a door at the end of the level. So the it's an exploration kind of game where you have to find these keys. And then if you get to the end of the level and try to unlock the door and you don't have the little keys, guess what? You're backtracking. You're going to go find that other key. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, let's see. What are the level themes? Um... Things that you would run into on a daily basis that became scary because you're asleep. Maybe. Like, he went to the zoo, so there's some scary-ass crocodiles. Sure. He went on a nature walk, so some trees 
want to fucking eat him. He went to the grocery store, and there's a very malicious uh, jug of milk mugging him from across the room. So, the level themes, like these mushrooms that you see on the box art here, okay, those, so- those are part of one of the, the first level in the game. Right. Um, and it's kind of a forest area, and you can climb on top of these. And these snails are an actual enemy in a game. Um, there's a level where you're on a toy train, and you're having to dodge obstacles as the train is moving. And, you know, then there's the, the, uh, Oh man, I can't remember like a clock level. I want to say, gosh, it's been, it's been years since I've played this, but, um, what's really kind of weird about this game is you spend the whole game throwing candy at enemies to stop them and to ride animals and stuff. But at the, in the last level, you get this magic wand that you can actually shoot and kill enemies with. And so the whole last level is is kind of a different style. And it's also the hardest level in the so game. So you finally get to go on your fucking rampage is what you're saying. Yeah. So you get rewarded. I, I really like the last level. You get rewarded <laughs> for, for all the patience. Patience. Yes. Now yep. fucking kill everything. <laughs> That's exactly. Lay waste my son. So, um, good guesses. You were halfway right here and there. Um, I'd say, Okay. You're 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 good to go. I like I like that you have to get up and go. You're taking the more um, realistic approach to to this game than a fantasy approach. Yeah, yeah. So I have a hard time sleeping anyway. So I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> you I can relate. I I know how I combat these situations. I wake up or piss myself. Right. So uh, I'll give you a sequel on that. Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Finding Nemo Dreamcatcher gets a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say the name right when you get a so, Dreamweaver. No. Fuck. <laughs> Can you really not remember? Dream Master. <laughs> Dream Master. Little Damn Nemo it. the Dream Master. What did I say? Finding Nemo the Dreamcatcher? The Dreamweaver and the Dreamcatcher and everything else. Yeah, dude. Finding Nemo. Dude, he's the master of the dreams. I, met, I know it now. <laughs> Thank you, Nemo. From mastering the dreams. Fantastic game. I love it to this day. It's still still up there. Um, okay. Um, so for our next segment, we have a Twitter question from... Uh, uh, what did we decide? JJ Santaniello? Yeah. Santaniello? Santaniello. Santaniello. That's how uh, they said it on Google. He's a, he's a friend of the show, and he sent us our first listener question. And I think it's a good one. So... Uh, his question is, with the Final Fantasy VII remake coming out eventually, hopefully, hopefully. yeah, uh, it sparked a lot of debate on whether or not classics classics should be updated or left alone. What do you guys think about remaking old games or even simply remastering them like Final Fantasy X or uh, XII? <clears throat> I think this is a good topic because... Well, yeah, yeah. It's... With the... With, uh, with the new newer graphics and the better looking um, hardware and stuff that, you know, with the capabilities that we can do today, going back and remaking these old classics is definitely appealing to a lot of people, but other people are kind of scared off by it much in the same way of like, if they go back and remake an old movie or something that they're just going to screw it up and, and kind of tarnish the fuzzy feelings you had of that original experience. Well, Okay. You got to weigh the difference between a remake and a remaster. Yeah. A remake is to take the subject material and recreate it. Right. 
the remaster is to take the original piece and give it a shiny new haircut. Meaning like, like cleaning up the visuals, keeping all the same source code assets and everything. Exactly. Making it look better. Exactly. Like HD. If I kingdom hearts. Yeah. They took that series and that was a remaster. It It was a remaster. Or Final uh, Fantasy X and Final Fantasy XII specifically. Cleaning up the colors out. in the Wizard of Oz movie. Yeah. So those... The Skyrim re-release. Yeah. It was a remaster. Right. So, <coughs> to remaster it... Well, they just they just dropped the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy remaster. That was it. That was... I would... That was a remake. I'm going to go as far as say is that's a remake. Not a remaster. It's the same game, but it looks different i think they rebuilt those games from the ground up i could be wrong but i want to say that those are a remaster not a remake i mean uh if, if remake not a remaster. if the levels are the same and the gameplay is the same and the textures just look, just look better i would still call that a remaster okay uh i think that game could swing both ways maybe they, they redid enough of it maybe we'll call it we'll meet in the middle and call it a derivative work okay i i can i can agree with that that's some entertainment law coming at you but <laughs> So, okay. That was supposed to be a menacing look into the camera. And from where we're at, it just looked like I affectionately put my head on your shoulder. I'm not saying I didn't. I'm just not saying I did. He did. (laughs) So what is your opinion on game companies wanting to do this? Remastering, I'm down with. 100%. Why not? You already fucking dug that game as a kid. You can can plug in your old systems and replay them Mm -hmm. and get that same sense. But the... The plus side of remastering is that you can grab it on a digital download, have it in your immediate library. And play it on your newer consoles and, on and, an HD and, system. And play it on your newer consoles yeah. in an HD system. Uh, it, it's more accessible that way. A remake, I think it depends on the game, it depends on the studio, and it yeah. depends on the content. Remakes, I think, tend to fail more often than not. The problem with a remake is that you're taking the content that everyone loved so much the first time around mm-hmm. and mixing it around. Right. You're... You're changing gameplay you're, elements. You're changing it up because at that point you can give it the same title, give it the same storyline, same characters, everything. But when it boils down to it, if the gameplay or environments are essentially different, essentially, I think I said essentially, <laughs> like like sexy in the most in the most important of ways. If it is essentially different, <laughs> then it's not the same game. It's it's a remake, and I I think. You'd have to be very careful and very lucky to to get the same kind to, of to pull off a remake. Yeah. So with Final Fantasy VII specifically, the one he points out, that is going to be a full-on remake. They're changing the battle system, which everybody loves. The battle system of the original Final Fantasy VII. I know you're not familiar with you. You don't play Final Fantasy games, but it's 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 an iconic. Some would say probably the best battle system in a Final Fantasy game. I would say for sure. Well, I I know that. <laughs> The one before it uh, was Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Um, I know that it had a battle system, and then Final Fantasy VII had one that everybody really liked, and then after that, they made Final Fantasy VIII. You are so right. (laughs) Right here, man. Right here. Dude, I'm getting so fucking good at this. (laughs) So uh, Final Fantasy VII had a a turn-based battle system that was very good. They had a materia system that you could designate different spells to different characters based upon these little balls of materia they called. They were magic balls that would use the magic. Um, and it was a turn-based. The new remake is not 
doesn't look to be a turn-based, but more an action-based where you go in, push a button to hit a guy, and that's it. I dig it. I know you would, but a lot of fans of the original material won't. And I'm kind of on that fence about it where I really want to see this remake. I really want to see a new approach, a new take on it, but I don't want them to alter the gameplay mechanics. You can alter the visuals and alter the um, experience in that way, but don't touch my gameplay. The gameplay was already good. If you want to refine it and make it better, go for it, but don't change it completely. What if they created a system where you could toggle the gameplay? I don't think that would be possible because if you're you're talking about an action-based game versus a turn-based game, a turn-based game means you wait, put input your command, and they act on it on their own. Action base, right? Just push a button and hit. That's what I'm saying. What if you could toggle, turn off the action base? I don't know how you would do that. Okay, so you've got your action based play where you just go in and you do your shit based on hotkeys. Yeah. Or you could turn off the action based and you have uh, a a travel journal where you can turn off the action based and instead you open your travel journal and find your materia and your turn based attacks and select those instead and then it's animation based. Okay, so I, I know of other games who, so who have done instead something Instead of actually like that? creating a turn-based experience per yeah. se, each one of those turn-based attacks would be more based on almost like spells or runes. Okay. Based on the materia lore. And so that's where your animations would key in. It wouldn't be as as purely turn based as you're expressing, but I, I think I think a turn based system, yeah, a, a turn based system at this point in time is dated. And yeah, I agree that it could use some modification to appeal to more audience, the uh, the broader audience, I guess, the the newer age of of gamers. But I think they could implement it in a way that is still action based, where. I don't know. It's a hard thing to talk about because I don't know really how you would do it, but I I think there's a way or or not touch it at all. I mean, if if you go back and maybe just remaster it, just give it a shiny new haircut, a shiny new haircut. We were talking about shiny new haircuts. Crash Bandicoot trilogy, the insane trilogy, I think did it right. Yeah. They took the same gameplay and not only they still rebuilt the game. It's not like a, a fresh coat of paint. It's not like you're up the graphics. They, redid all the assets in the game right. to make it look good for today's audience and it still plays the same. I think they should have gone that route with Final Fantasy 7 versus doing what they are doing now which is changing everything about the game. Keeping the storyline they appear to be keeping the storyline the same and the characters the same and everything but changing the gameplay. And the the gameplay to me is the most important thing about it. I'm interested to find out. Uh, so uh, I can't wait. Uh, those of you watching or listening, let us know in the comments. Uh, yeah, I mean, let us know what you think, but ultimately I think remakes are okay. It's not going to tarnish my view of the original. I'm, I, I know enough to separate the two. I will still always hold Final Fantasy seven near and dear to my heart. The remake, whether I like it or hate it, I'm, I feel like it's a cool thing that it got even got made, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to give it a chance. And if it's a great new experience with the same characters and story, I'm okay with that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on it, you know. Yeah. But if it, if it sucks, it may, it may turn out just amazing. If it's amazing, great. If it sucks, I'm not gonna hate on it. It's like at least they gave it a shot. Okay, I still have that original experience, just like how you have with Ocarina of Time. You have that original experience. Exactly. You'll never lose that. Exactly. It's always there with you. If they if they recreated that game as a turn based, I'd probably be less understanding than you. I'd probably be like, <laughs> nope. 
Fuck it. <laughs> uh, well, I know there's there's people who have their their strong opinions about it, but I'm I'm not that way. It's I, I can distinguish enough between the two. It's like a movie. If you see like like the new Ghostbusters, for instance, you know it was a thing. I didn't I didn't think it was a, that great a movie. I thought it was kind of boring. I didn't watch it. It did not tarnish my opinion of the original Ghostbusters. Well, in the yeah, least. why would it? It's a different movie. Well, some people it does, and and you know if you're gonna get upset about that, I think I think you need to evaluate how you are looking at this material and, and be able to distinguish the two. That's ultimately what you need to do. Anyway. And then remember that nobody asked. <laughs> um, that's why we do this podcast is because nobody else fucking asks. <laughs> we did get asked though. That's what we, we did get asked. asked. Yeah. That's Thank you, JJ. I appreciate the question guys. If you want to send us more questions, topic discussions, please send it our way. I, I like to have, Something that we haven't thought about before to, to, to talk about. Yeah, that's Twitter and Instagram at JabGCast. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on YouTube. Uh, just search Just a Bit Gaming Podcast. Search Just a Bit Gaming Podcast. You'll find us there. We'll have a new video up for this podcast. Hopefully, if everything goes well. I've been having issues here and there with the previous podcast record, video recordings, but I think I've got all the kinks worked out, I hope. If it's not there and it's just a static image i'm sorry we'll get it figured out one of these days one of these, one days. Of these days but i fully intend to have a good video placed up this and, time and we're pretty well everywhere you can find a podcast right <laughs> yeah so uh podcast anyway, republic is is the one that we both use I, I like podcast republic but yeah anywhere you can download your podcast will be available itunes um yeah spotify yeah. we're on spotify not on Spotify. Um, we need to get on Spotify. Spotify, I don't know how their podcast system works. We should sing more songs. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did do a search for us on, on Spotify. They only recently got into the podcast. Though, okay, so. all right. We'll figure that out and then let you guys know. Yeah. Once we know. But uh, yeah, I think this was a good show. Ryan, it was a good show to you? It was a fucking good show. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in. I think I could drive home tonight. Yeah. That's four more high fives tonight than we've ever had. (laughs) Take care, guys. Thank you. See you guys.